guys prayed fast tonight. Next week will be interesting. All the kids will be gone. It means parents might be too partying, <laughs> having a great celebration, right? <laughs> well, everybody will see everybody else eating out somewhere, right? So <laughs> chapter 2, looking at salvation, verse 10, we, we will uh, see the last part of this, of the blessings of salvation, and uh, <clears throat> just to bring it into context, start with verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and so we looked uh, quite some time at that, knowing that it's only by God's grace are we saved, and it's not because of anything that we have done. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> if it was up to us, we would be in all kinds of trouble, wouldn't we? So, <clears throat> but by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we spent the time last week looking at that, and then we come to verse 10, and carries it on further <clears throat> into the uh, more of the lifestyle that we should have as believers. And <clears throat> for we are his workmanship and we are his work. We're his creation. And <clears throat> those that know Christ, those who do not know Christ, we're all God's creation. But with those of us who have been saved by grace, then we are a new creation of God, and he tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so now we have a new life. We, we ought to have new motivations. We, we, uh, this ought to be different. And <clears throat> we, we are... Um, secured, knowing in that we are bound for heaven, knowing that we have God on our side, we can look at what's going on in the world with a different light than, than the rest. We do not have to uh, be overly concerned. I mean, we need to take a stand. We need to live correctly. We need to stand for the righteousness, but <clears throat> we don't have the same fear that the rest of the world would. And, <clears throat> and so we are a new creation. We're a new creature in Christ. And for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so when we become a new creation through Christ Jesus, we, we are, are now created unto uh, good works. Go back to John chapter 15, if you would like to follow with me. <clears throat> John 15, and here talking about uh, abiding and, and uh, being a part of the true vine and John 15, verse 1 through 8, I am the true vine, and my Father is a husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, 
purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So to, to purge, when it, whenever we were to purge something to make it clean or, or to make it pure. And how does God do that in our, in our lives? Through his word. He, he's going to show us things in his word that uh, we need to do differently. Some things we need to stop doing. Some things we need to start doing. And he, it's, it's good for teaching, it's good for reproof, it's good for correction, it's good for instruction. And so we want to take his word and, and allow it to do that. And you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. And so a branch is taking nutrients from the vine and Jesus is the vine and, and we're the branches and so we're going to have our nutrients through Jesus and let's make sure that we are doing that doing our part of that and making certain that we state the word of God is how God is going to talk to you today and so <clears throat> it'd be great if he would talk to us through writing in the sky or a burning bush and uh, make things quite evident what we need to do, but that isn't what he does today. Today he talks to us through the complete word of God. Let's read the word of God and listen to what God is telling us and, and asking God to give us wisdom in how to apply what he says and put him to the test and trust him uh, in doing that. And so, and we abide in that and we pray and we lay things at his feet and we we give him our insecurities. We let him know the angers that we have. We let him know the stress that is going on in our lives. We, we take that all to him, and we uh, sit quietly and listen to what he has to say and spending time in his word and, and all of those things we ought to be doing, and that's all a part of abiding in Christ. And I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same, the same bringeth forth fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. One, one of the things that we, we ought to know is that if we are a child of God, then we ought to be producing fruit. We ought to be producing fruit of the Spirit. And so, uh, and, and doing and showing forth that we are a, a believer. I, I, it's just, it's difficult, isn't it? Uh, I mean, if you start comparing someone's life to Scripture, then... So often you're, you are accused of being judgmental and, and uh, making judgments. And it's so out of context of what uh, the, you know, people are accusing you, saying, well, you can't be my judge. And so what they're telling, telling you is that I'm going to live in my sin and you can't tell me that it's wrong because the only one that I'm answerable to is God. Okay, I agree, you are only answerable to God, but if the scriptures say that you're wrong, you're wrong. And... We, we need to be willing to tell people enough that we love them, that tell them the truth and, and not let them continue to plunge headlong into a fatal mistake in their life. But 
In James chapter 2, <clears throat> this is what it says also in verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Well, and, and the thought is, is no, because if, if he doesn't have enough faith to produce works in his life, then he's probably not saved in the first place. That, that is the insinuation. It's not that you are saved through your works, but your faith will show works. I mean, if you believe in something, would it not? Obviously it would, right? <clears throat> and, and so then he goes on. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what do the prophet? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. And that's what he's talking about in John 15. That's what he's talking about here in Ephesians 2, verse 10, in his workmanship, that we are created unto good works, that if we are truly saved and we are truly committed and, and, and full of faith, then it will show in our lives. And people will see that we are faithful believers and, and it will be shown. And, and all of the, the, the rest of James chapter uh, 2 here deals with that in uh, verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you, show you the, the, my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Just because someone says, Hey, I, I believe I, there's God. I believe, I believe in Jesus. Okay, good. I'm glad, but have you settled your sin issue with Jesus? I mean, that, that is, that's something else. The, the, the devil and, and the demons believe in Jesus. I mean, they know Jesus is real, so good. I'm, I'm glad people can say, yes, I admit that Jesus is real and that God is real. And, and I've had people tell me, hey, I believe in God. Okay, good. That's a good start. But have you dealt with your sin issue? All of us sin and come short of the glory of God. How can you fix that? Well, you're not going to fix it on your own. You're going to fix it through the grace of God. And by faith, you trust in what Jesus has done. And when you place your faith in him and call on him and confess with your mouth what you're believing in your heart, you have salvation. Okay? Good. That's where you need to be. I pray and hope that everybody in here gives that testimony that, that there's been a time in their life where they have said, yes, I have called on Jesus, believing in my heart and confessing with my mouth to him that I need him, that I have placed my faith in him as my Savior, and you've settled that. Settle it. Make sure it's settled in your life. Get that thing right in your life. Most important decision you'll ever make. And then live your faith. Be obedient to what the Word of God says. And, and I, I mean, what does he say? Well, he says, uh, I don't know, what, what are some things that we ought to display? We ought to display the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, temperance, uh, uh, those kinds of things. We, we ought not to let corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. There, we, we stop telling the dirty jokes. We stop using God's name in vain. We stop talking like the rest of the world. We, we stop behaving like the rest of the world. And uh, we, we're not going to... to uh, uh, fear death. We're not going to fear what man can do. We're, we're going to fear God and, and we're going to live in a righteous way, in a godly way that, 
and, and not to impress anyone. We're just doing it because that's what God wants us to do. And so those are things that we ought to do, and our faith ought to show that. It, it doesn't, faith doesn't show anything by saying, I believe there's God. Well, they all do. But will thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? And, and so your faith needs to be in the saving work of Christ, and then it will produce works that will show your faith. And that's what James chapter, all of James is about. book of James is all about how we as believers ought to be living our faith and letting people see that and, and uh, letting them uh, see the, the Scripture being revealed through our lives. And, and so that's why we need to judge our lives against the Scripture. Compare your life to Scripture. Am I doing this, Lord, the, the way that the Word says? Am I living in a way that, that, that you are going to be pleased with me and, and you are being discerning and you are uh, applying the Word of God to your life? And, and let God do that. I mean, He'll, he'll show you. And, you know, you know, one of the things as a pastor that you, you deal with is you deal with it in your own desires to see someone take the right steps, you know, and sometimes you, you want to nudge them, and so you can nudge them, but don't be the Holy Spirit, okay? That's the Holy Spirit's job. You, you need to teach the Word of God, and here it is, and here's some ways that we need to apply it, but ultimately that person needs to come to that conclusion by the leadership of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And yes, sometimes as a pastor, I want to lead them a little harder than maybe the the than what they want to or sometimes it's not me it's some of you and you and's doing that to me you know and saying hey have you been watching billy over here and billy ain't doing the right thing and you need to make him do the right thing no i don't now there are times where you call people out for what they're doing obviously but if they're just not growing at the rate that you think they ought to then Take that up with God and take that up with the Holy Spirit. And so let's be careful with those things and, and uh, let God do a work in their hearts because ultimately we're God's. And so he will do with us what he sees fit. And what our job is to let people see our faith and be an example. And so we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Oh, we have so many that want to talk about being uh, predestinated, ordained, and picked out, and chosen by God. And you, you know what, God, one thing that I know for certain that God has picked out, ordained, predestined, and, and foreknew, is that he has a perfect plan for every one of us, and we need to live it. And we need to stay according to the path that God has for each one of us. And so, and it's good works that God has ordained that we should walk in them. Let's be good people. How, how are we good people? It's not necessarily what the world says is good people. We, we're good people according to what God's word says is good people. And ultimately, you know what you find out? For the most part, most people even in the world will have some respect for you. I think we are, we're, we're in a society now in a culture where there's less of that respect and there's becoming more of a hostility uh, towards that, but it doesn't matter. 
We just need to keep doing what God shows us that we ought to do and live the way that he wants us to do that. And so we need to find his will in our lives and we need to obey it. How do we do that? Well, here's some things that I wrote down that we can do that that can help us understand the, the plan that he has ordained for every one of us. First of all, confess and forsake any sin in your life. I mean, I th- this is daily, okay? That daily you ought to ask the Lord to search your heart and show you, is there something in your life that, that is not right according to the, the, the fellowship that we ought to be having with our Savior? Lord, is there something in my life that is hindering that relationship? I guarantee you if there's something there and you're asking him and you really want to know, it's going to come to mind really quick. And what do you do with that? Confess it. What's confession? Acknowledging. It doesn't mean that you come running to me and expect me to forgive you for that. That's not at all what it means. It means take it to God and acknowledge to God what it is. You are acknowledging to God that it is sin. Lord, it's sin and it's wrong and I want it out of my life and then forsake it, run from it, okay? Nail it on the cross and leave it there. Walk away, and it's no longer yours. It no longer characterizes you. And so leave it with God and and move forward so you confess and forsake sin. And you need to be continuously yielded to God. Lord, whatever whatever you want to do. Jimmy, you ever ridden a horse that was hard-mouthed? I mean, they're a pain, aren't they? I, I rode, I rode a guy's mule one time, years ago, and and I re- we we rode, I don't know, three or four hours. My arms were tired by the time I got done because that hard-headed mule wanted to go where he wanted to go, and the whole the whole time I was riding him, I, if you don't know anything about, I had to plow rein him. I mean, I had the reins like this, and you just. Pull the rein this way or pull the rein this way to make him go, you, to get him to stop. You had to put your feet forward and you had to sit back. And, and my arms were so tired. And I thought, the only thing I want to do with you is put you next to the dachshund in the campfire and roast you. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who have dachshunds. I know you love them. So I have people on Facebook now posting pictures of themselves with their dachshunds. You know, just so I see that. So I love this church. But that's no fun. Jimmy, you ever ridden a horse that soft mouth? They're fun, aren't they? I mean, I, I've i ridden horses where, where especially if you're working cows, and, and all you do is you just you put your hands down on their mane, down by their mane, and you just hang on to the reins, and you just let them, they'll, they'll do whatever. And as a matter of fact, they can get so soft, all you do is, nudge them with one leg or the other leg, just nudge them a little bit and they'll turn and go that way or turn and go the other way. And uh, I mean, you can pick up a rein. All you do is just pick it up and they'll stop. You know, I mean, that is so nice. Well, that is exactly what being yielded is. That, that horse is yielded to your commands. Well, we ought to be that way. We ought to be yielded to the point where, where we're not walking our lives where the Holy Spirit is having to scream in our ears to get our attention. You know, the nice thing is is that you may be half deaf in this world, but the Holy Spirit can speak to you still in a still small voice and you will hear it. And we need to pay attention to that. 
And we need to be yielded to him and in listening to what it is. And, and that you, you, you have no idea what, what he may want you to do, but he will lay something on your heart quickly and you'll know that it's from God and, and you need to constantly yield to him. He may show you something in your life and be very quiet about it and you'll be pricked in your heart and say, yep, that was a wrong thought. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I confess that. I want, I want that out of my life. I, I need my mind to be right, and I'm going to think on the good things. and Whatever, I mean, there's all kinds of things. that, But being yielded to Him, study the Word. Study the Word. I, I hope that one thing out of the, the little group that watches those, those devotions is that we're working on our third year of that now. We're moving in, you know, we're two and a half years into this or whatever, and and I think, you know, it, it kind of made me break out into a cold sweat today. I thought, how long am I going to do this? You know? I, I mean, will I be 80 years old and still trying to figure out Facebook and, you know, trying to do a devotion on there? And, but that's okay because it helps me to stay accountable. It really does help me. It has helped me tremendously in my own devotions. And, I thought, might as well do it. I mean, I, need, I have to do my devotions every day anyway. And, and I'm finally getting most people trained, leave me alone, until 9.30 or so, because I'm not going to talk to you before that, because I've got to get ready for my devotions. And some still pester me and, and try. And, and uh, my wife even said tomorrow morning she's going to call me right in the middle of my devotion just to harass me. And you guys always thought she was nice. I just want you to know that not all the time is she very nice, all right? But study the Word. We need to spend time praying. We need to talk to God. God talks to us through His Word. Are you talking to God? Let's talk to God. Seize opportunities of service. I mean, look for things that, that God wants you to do. Remember James 2? You, you know of a brother in need, and you say, Oh, he'd drink and be merry. You know, be warmed and filled, but you don't do anything to help him. You know, some, sometimes it means you go out of your way and, and you help someone, whether you really want to or not, but seize opportunities of service and seek counsel of godly individuals. There, there's nothing wrong about going to someone and asking them that you know is a godly individual. It's going to give you godly, biblical instructions that you you ask them and and seek that counsel and and find out that God can help you and so let us do that God prepares us for good works he saves us he prepares us and uh, to perform he strengthens us to do those things and and uh, rewards us when we accomplish them and our lives ought to be showing fruit of our salvation. So go home tonight, and I don't know if you really want to or not, but ask the Lord, Lord, am I showing fruits of salvation? Write them down. Write down the things that, that you are doing, and, and it, take an encouragement in that. And write down things that you know that you need to change in your life and that the Lord's working on you with. And, and if he is, then confess it and get it out of your life and forsake it and move on and and prepare yourself to do better. So, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And then what does he do? He tells us to remember, we'll end with this, wherefore, 
So for this reason, that's what, if you see wherefore or therefore, you need to find out why it's therefore, okay? And so, well, on this one, for this reason, remember. So remember that, that you are his workmanship, created unto good works, and remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. So before this, you were an unsaved person. That's what Gentiles in the flesh means, okay? It just means you were, an unbelieving, you were part of an unbelieving nation, and all you were doing is representing your flesh and everything that you're doing, okay? That's what he's saying. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So here they are. They're being accused of they're part of the uncircumcision. We're much more righteous over here because we're part of the circumcision, and that's the Jews, okay? And that was the sign of the Jewish nation was circumcision. And so they took great pride in that. And what we're going to find out is that Paul was saying, you're both unsaved. Circumcision or uncircumcision, neither one's going to save you. You're saved by the work, by grace and, and by faith. And so uh, your, your works uh, uh, on their own means nothing, just like faith without works means nothing. Works without faith means nothing. And so neither one. And, and so then verse 12, that at the time you were without Christ. Think of that testimony. How do, I, I, I can answer the question, I, I see it too often, but think about how the world handles life without Jesus. It's kind of ugly, really. Uh, I mean, they, they put their hope and trust in all kinds of things. They, they try to medicate themselves through drugs or alcohol or relationship after relationship. We know that. We, we have those that, that may even be... Uh, moral people and and maybe they are uh, putting all of their happiness in in a relationship with a person but what happens when that person passes away and then you're alone or I mean there's all kinds of things it's pretty much whatever they put their happiness in without Christ is temporal it's sure not eternal and so that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and so they were aliens, and they, they were Gentiles. They weren't a part of the Jews. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You know what he's saying? He said, you need to remember where you came from. And there's no reason for any of them to have pride, whether it's the Jews or whether it's the Gentiles, because we're absolutely nothing without Jesus. And so by grace are you saved through faith. And so we ought to enjoy that and know that it's by that salvation that we have, that by his grace that we have salvation. There's nothing to be proud of, but we just need to go out and we need to serve the Lord and we need to walk with him and, and know that and, and have the kind of testimony that, that God wants us to have. Have the kind of testimony that the Thessalonians have. I'll end with this here. First Thessalonians, take a look at this, and this is the testimony of the believers in Thessalonica. Here's the kind of testimony we ought to have. Verse 2, chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ 
in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that your examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Boy, that's an assurance in itself, knowing we've been saved from his wrath. And so let us have this kind of a, a testimony that, that these Thessalonians had, and, and, and let's have that connection with Christ that we ought to have, and, and let us live in a way that, that people can say, see that we are living and representing someone other than ourselves, and, and let us be what it is that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for each one who's here. Pray, Father, that you encourage us and help us, Father, to, to live for you. Just hands down, no questions, just let us be yielded to you and live for you with all of our might. Lord, we love you. We pray your blessings on this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.